0: Welcome to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Today, as you're having a seat, get your Bibles and go with me to Acts chapter number 10. This is the story of us. This is not just a history lesson. This is what God is speaking about our lives today. Last time we were together, we talked about the uncommon clans. And today we're going to have a part two of that because the story continues. Remember, we talked about how Cornelius, who was an Italian man, he was a mighty man. He was part of what was called the Italian regiment. He was a leader of 100 soldiers, had a vision of an angel telling him to go and get Peter. And so he sent two servants and a soldier to go and get Peter. And Peter, he was up on the rooftop at about... Noon. He was ready for lunch, and he was hungry, and God used that hunger to speak to him. Gave him a vision of a sheep descending out of heaven and coming with animals on it, clean and unclean. And he said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the Spirit of God ministered to him and said, you should not call common that which I have cleansed. Peter three times had this same thing happen to him, and then the sheep was taken up. And at that moment, the Spirit of God spoke to Peter and said, hey, these men are coming. I want you to go with them doubting nothing. You remember the story of the two servants and the soldier arrive at that moment, and they come in seeking Peter, and Peter brings them in and realizes that God is doing something. And so they lodge them there, and then the story goes on, and I would encourage you sometime this week to read through the rest of Acts chapter number 10 into Acts chapter number 11 and read the rest of the story because it goes on that Peter goes with these men, and he goes to the household of Cornelius. When he arrives, Cornelius has invited all of his friends, all of his family. The house is packed, and they are ready to hear what it is that Peter has to say to them because this whole thing has been so supernatural. Peter starts to preach the gospel to them and relates to them the story that they already know because this thing wasn't done in a corner. Jesus was known throughout the land. His good works and the things that he did... But then Peter starts to bring it home, and he tells them that anyone who believes on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that their sins can be forgiven. It's at that moment in the sermon that all of a sudden the Spirit of God falls on the Gentiles. Cornelius and his whole household, everybody that he's gathered, they all start to break out and speak in tongues. The Spirit of God is moving on them, and Peter and the guys that he brought with him are amazed. They're like going, oh my goodness, look at this. God gave them the same gift that he gave us. It's like the day of Pentecost all over again. Because they didn't pray a prayer. They didn't say, would you like to receive Jesus? They weren't even water baptized yet. And yet it was obvious that they had the spirit of God. So they must have been born again because they were speaking in tongues and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So Peter says, well, hey, can anybody stop us from baptizing these guys in water? And they said, no, let's go for it. And they baptized them there in water. Now, Peter heads back to Jerusalem, and word got back to Jerusalem before Peter got there, and they heard that Peter had went into the house of a Gentile. Now, they weren't mad about him preaching the gospel. They weren't mad about him baptizing people. They were mad that a Jew went and had lunch with Gentiles. And and so they had this prejudice. They had this reaction, and they said, we heard that you went to the house of a Gentile, and you ate with them. And Peter relates to them once again the story of the vision that happened and how God showed him that he should not call any man common or unclean. And then he tells them how when he was preaching the gospel that the Holy Spirit fell on them as he did on the church of Jerusalem at the beginning. And they held their peace at that moment and they said, then God has granted repentance to the Gentiles. See, the cleansing of God does something in our lives. It affects us in positive ways. And today I want to take a Take a look at the ways that the cleansing of God affects our lives. Because remember, this is not just a history lesson. This is not just the story of what happened to Peter and the disciples and Cornelius and his household. No, this is the story of you and this is the story of me. And as we go throughout the word of the Lord today, I believe that you're going to be encouraged, that you're going to find some things that the Holy Spirit might actually poke at you. He might even push you into some areas that aren't comfortable for you. But as you listen to the voice of the Lord and as you follow his ways, your life will start to expand and you will experience things that you never dreamt possible in your life are you listening today first thing is this is that God's cleanse will affect your view God's cleanse will affect your view last time together you remember we said that we regard no man according to the flesh any longer even though we can see that they might be black or white or brown or some other color of skin that that's just external that's just surface level and we don't regard men and women according to the color of their skin any longer See, what we see on the outside doesn't affect our view of the individual. You understand that? And God's cleansing will affect our view. In fact, uh, Peter, in Acts chapter number 10, verse number 28, in the message paraphrase, you can read along in whatever translation you have, but I want to read it to you in the message. Listen to this. It says, in Acts chapter 10, verse number 28, the message paraphrase, he says, You know, I'm sure, that this is a very highly irregular thing. Jews just don't do this visit and relax with people of another race but God has just shown me that no race is better than any other no one has exclusivity with God no one has the corner on God there's not just the white man is the best or the black man is the best or the brown man is the best or you know we've got close to get no listen can I say to you like this at the foot of the cross the ground is level for all to come and kneel before the Lord No one's any better than anybody else. Why? Because the price that was paid for you and for me and for everybody else is the same price, it's the same value, it's the same blood of Jesus that cleanses us all. That means that we are all equally as valuable to God because he paid the ultimate price for you and for me. See, we view looks, we view lifestyle rather than viewing the love of God. And God wants us to take his view rather than the worldly view people all around us the culture and the currents and the society and the systems around us would try and drag people down to a different level or to raise them up to a higher level and yet at the foot of the cross the ground is level for all see it's interesting to note that in the last three chapters of acts as we've been going through them we found three salvation stories if you remember there was an Ethiopian eunuch there was Saul of Tarsus and there was now Cornelius And in these three men are representative of the entirety of humanity. Think about it. We all have common ancestry, don't we? Everybody might think, oh, well, yeah, Adam and Eve. We've got Adam and Eve all common together, don't we? Yes, absolutely, we do. But then it would section off, and eventually we would have to come to the point of the flood. And our one common ancestor would be a man by the name of Noah. You remember Noah? Noah and the ark, right? Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives, eight people went into that ark and they came out and they were the ones that repopulated the earth. So really when you see the division on the earth today, it's just brothers and sisters having a fight. Is that right? It's Ham, Shem, and Japheth. That's the name of Noah's three sons is Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Now, the Ethiopian... Now, remember, Ethiopia is in Africa. That would have been a black man, right? The Ethiopian would have been one of Ham's descendants. Saul, who is obviously a Jew, he would have been one of Shem's descendants. And Cornelius, who we would consider to be a white man. He was from Italy, right? He was a European. He was an Italian. He would have been one of Japheth's descendants. Okay, so in order, there's a black man, there's a Jew, and there's a white man. Everybody tracking with me? There's a black man on one side... There's a white man on the other side, and there's a Jew right here in the middle. See, today in America, we have some problems, don't we? We've got division, we've got polarization, and on one side, you got a black man, and on the other side, you got a white man. Well, if you wanna heal the divide, why don't we just put a Jew right here in the middle? His name is Jesus, come on, somebody. See, I believe that Jesus can bring us together I believe that Jesus can heal all wounds and all hurts and all past issues, present issues, and future issues. I believe that Jesus is the answer. He is the Jew in the middle that can bring black and white and brown and any other color that we can imagine. He can bring us all together in himself. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 through verse 16 in the New Living Translation says, For Christ himself has brought peace. Everybody say peace. Come on, shout it at me today. Say peace. Peace online I hope you're shouting because listen you haven't come to spectate today you've come to participate today and so you better be shouting your television down right now somebody shout peace Peace. he brought peace to us he united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us verse 15 he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations he made peace somebody say peace again He made peace between Jews and Gentiles, creating in himself one new people from two groups. Verse number 16, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. It's in the body of Jesus Christ that we come together. No longer black, white, Latino, Asian, Australian, African, South American, American, North American, Anglo-Saxon, whatever you want to call it, Caucasian, right? That's code word for white. Whatever it is, we can come together now by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put the Jew in the middle. He'll take care of all the problems and bring us together in one. At the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg, reenactment, somebody observed that rebel soldiers were taking their positions in the forest, the lowland. Union soldiers were up on the high ground behind a wall. When they started the reenactment, the Confederate army representatives came out and they gave a rebellious war cry. At that moment, the Union soldiers jumped over the wall and they came down and the observer noted that they flung themselves upon their former enemies. Not in mortal combat, but reunited in brotherly love and affection. They ran at them, and rather than shoot at them or put them down or punch them, they hugged them, fell on their necks, and cried. Why? Because the war was over. It was no longer a division in our land, but now they were coming together. And in the same way, you and I, when we come together in Jesus Christ, the war is over. We are no longer divided from one another. Now our view of one another is you're my brother, you're my sister, we're a part of the body, we're a part of the family of God. So God's cleanse will affect your view. But second thing is this. is God's cleanse will affect your do. God's cleanse will affect your do. Now I'm not talking about your Jerry Curl. I'm not talking about your comb over. I'm not talking about your bob. I'm not talking about your hairdo. I'm talking about your do. What you do. Your actions. Your activities. The things that we do in life. God's cleanse will affect what we do and how we do it. In Acts chapter number 10 verse number 34 and verse number 35 Peter is speaking and it says then Peter opened his mouth and said in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality verse number 35 but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him see God sees beyond the external he shows no partiality some of the translations say that God does not regard our faces in other words God is not a god of the hypocrites Nor does he receive the masks that we wear, the things that we cover ourselves with, those labels that we label ourselves with to be included with a group of people so that we feel comfortable. God's not looking at your label of white or black or brown or Republican or Democrat or pedestrian. God's not looking at those things. Well, I'm rap, I'm rock, I'm country, y'all. God's not looking at those things. He sees right past that external and he sees down into the heart of man. God shows no partiality. Jesus died for all. And the Bible says, whoever, whoever fears God and works righteousness. That means that if you have a heart for God and you're willing to do what God says, that you are acceptable before God. Listen, everybody's loved by God, but not everybody is acceptable. There's a difference. You you can't be separated from the love of God. God will love you all the way to hell. But those that are accepted by God, the ones that can come into the family of God are the ones that have a true heart for God and that are willing to do what he says. I see a lot of people calling themselves Christians, railing, shouting, hurting others putting people down, excluding others, us four, no more. Listen, if you're going to act like that, then you're no part of me. Listen, it's time to lay down those things. Don't walk in hypocrisy any longer. Don't say you're a Christian and act like the devil. Listen, you cannot be a Christian and act like a racist. We have to do the works of God. Lewis Meads writes that a federal judge had ordered New Orleans to open up its public schools to African-American children in the days of segregation. And the white parents decided that if they let black people in, if they let black children into their school, then they were going to keep their white children out. They let it be known that any black children who came to school would be in for trouble. So the black children stayed home too, all except Ruby Bridges. Her parents sent her to school all by herself, six years old. Every morning she walked alone through a heckling crowd to an empty school. White people lined up on both sides of the way and shook their fists at her. They threatened to do terrible things to her if she kept coming to their school. But every morning at 10 minutes to 8, Ruby walked, head up, eyes ahead, with two U.S. Marshals in front of her and two U.S. Marshals behind her. That's a picture of her up on the overheads with her U.S. Marshals taking her to and from school. She would spend the day alone with her teachers inside that big and silent school building. Harvard professor Robert Coles was curious about what went into the making of a courageous child like Ruby Bridges. So he talked to Ruby's mother, and in his book, The Moral Life of Children, tells what she said. This is what Ruby's mom said. There's a lot of people who talk about doing good, and a lot of people who argue about what's good and what's not good. But there are folks who just put their lives on the line for what's right. See, I believe that every Christian should be like Ruby Bridges, that no matter what people are gonna say, No matter what people are going to do, we're going to do the right thing no matter what. Because we have a heart for God and we're going to work righteousness. We're going to follow the plan of God no matter what comes. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 6, verse 31, the New Living Translation? This is what we would call the golden rule. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you want to be respected, then start giving people some respect. If you want to be loved, then start loving people. If you want to have conversations, then listen and speak and allow the other people to listen and speak. You don't tell somebody, shut up and listen. That's not a conversation. That's a monologue. That's not a dialogue, and that's not doing any good to anybody. You've just now put someone down by forcing them to listen to your opinion only. Listen, if we're going to have inclusion, if we're going to have conversations, then let's have some two-way communication. Let's speak and let's listen. Hello? It's time for us to get outside of ourselves. And I'm sorry if this offends your flesh. But listen, I'm not here to pet your flesh. I'm not here to be nicey-nicey, kissy-kissy, love boat captain, pastor. Listen, if you want that, go find another church. In this church, we're going to listen to what God says. We're going to follow his will, his way. <laughs> and we may not always like it. But like Papa eating some spinach, yeah, you know, spinach is not that great. Doesn't taste all that good. But man, it made Popeye strong, didn't it? I believe that as we get a hold of the word of God, it may not always taste good. It might not always be what we want to hear. Ooh, but afterwards, we are strong and we're healthy and we're glad that we got it in our lives. (laughs) Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus himself modeled this. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 in Peter's sermon. In the New Living Translation, he says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Everybody knows that especially the Christians. If you say, who's the anointed one? Who's the Messiah? Jesus is. Yeah, absolutely. Then listen, look at what Jesus did. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed to the devil for God was with him. Listen, if God is with us, church, and don't you know that he is, then we should do no less than Jesus did. We can go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Listen, the devil is racking people's brains right now. He's causing people to go crazy right now. There are people depressed and suicidal right now. And we need to get outside, go beyond our borders, and we need to go out and do the work of God and go preach the gospel to a lost and dying generation. This is our time, church. This is our time to arise. This is our time to reach out. This is our time to bless. Listen, you don't overcome evil with evil. You don't fight fire with fire. No, you overcome evil with good, the Bible says. You love your neighbor as yourself. And listen, you pray for those who persecute you, Jesus said. It's time for the church to be the church and time for Christians to act like Christians. God's cleansing will affect your view. God's cleansing will affect your do. The last one for us today is this is that God's cleanse will affect your who. You might be thinking, who? Yeah, exactly. Your who. Who? Me? Yeah, you. God's cleanse will affect your who. At the end of Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 10, verse 43 through verse number 45, this time in the New King James Version, it says to him, speaking of Jesus, all the prophets witness that through his name, Whoever believes in him will receive the remission of sin. See, they had known the story of Jesus up until this point, but now all of a sudden I believe that the Gentiles crossed over into faith. Because verse number 44 comes along and says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Verse 45, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Peter's who just got a whole lot bigger, didn't it? It was no longer the Jews, right? Now it was us. It wasn't the Gentiles over there? No, that's us. They're, they're a part of the church. They're a part of the family. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord now. And now all of a sudden Peter's who just got a whole lot bigger, bigger. When Peter got back to Jerusalem and the church listen, this is the church. these are believers came at him and said, "Hey, what are you doing eating with Gentiles? What are you doing going to their house?" Peter repeats the story to them, and all of a sudden they realize that God has granted repentance to the Gentiles also. What happened? Their who just got a whole lot bigger. Many of you guys know of the man Desmond Tutu. He was a South African man, a great man. As Desmond Tutu was growing up as a child in South Africa, the apartheid was going on. Racist class discrimination against the blacks living in that area. And if a black person and a white person met while walking on a footpath, the black person was expected to get off the path and allow the white person to pass by. As they would pass by, the black person was expected to either tip their hat or nod their head as a symbol of respect towards the white person. One day, Desmond and his mother were walking along a path, and up ahead, they saw a tall white man dressed in a nice suit. And before Desmond and his mother could get off the path, the white man stepped off of the path and allowed them to pass by. And as they were passing by, the white man tipped his hat towards Desmond's mother. Desmond was shocked. He'd never seen that happen before. Later on, he asked his mother about it and said, why did the white man do that? And his mother explained that the white man was an Anglican priest and that he was a man of God. And that's why he did what he had done. Desmond would later say, I decided there and then that I would later become an Anglican priest too. And what is more, I wanted to be a man of God. He later did become an Anglican priest He won a Nobel Peace Prize for his work in stopping the apartheid and the atrocities that were going on in South Africa, as well as worked under the leadership of the first black president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela, in the wake of the apartheid, working on the things that were taking place on both the black and the white side, being an agent of reconciliation. See, God wants to expand our lives. God wants us to lengthen our cords and to expand our tent pegs and to lengthen our curtains, as it says in the book of Isaiah. Why? Because the family's getting bigger all the time. And God doesn't want us to have a small exclusive mentality where it's just us or it's just our type of people and I'm only comfortable with people that look like me. Oh no, God says, I want you to start to expand your heart and to look on humanity. We're all brothers and sisters according to the flesh. Listen, we're all coming from the same genealogy and from the same blood. But listen, even if we don't have the same race and the same uh, thoughts and the same cultural background, now we are bound together in Jesus Christ. The Jewish man in the middle is the one who brings us together and it affects our view, it affects what we do, but guess what else it affects, it affects our who. Now there's not a bunch of races, there is one race, it's the human race, and now there's no longer a whole bunch of different bloods on the earth. No, now there is one blood, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that brings us together in one. And our hearts expand and now we can include more people just as God wants every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Can we pray together today? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Come on online. Join us in praying right now. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes as well? Don't log off just yet. God's not done. God wants to speak to you. God wants to move and minister to your life. And as we pray, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Just like last week, I kind of detoured from what I normally do with what is God speaking to you. I want to ask some specific questions because I believe that a word like this brings about specific things that God wants to do in our lives. Here's the first question. What is your current view of others? What is your current view of others? Are they those people? Is it that group? Is it they? Are you looking at it through the lens of media? Maybe through the lens of your hurt? Are you looking at it through the cleanse of Jesus Christ? With the view and the eye of God? If you realize while you're praying and talking to God about this, if the Holy Spirit's pointing out prejudice, racism, or the wrong view, why not just take a moment right now with God and repent? Turn from your way. Turn to God's way. It's as easy as saying, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. God, help me to have your view for humanity. May I see them as you see them, brothers and sisters, or lost people that need the love and the message of Jesus Christ. As you see people as God sees them, What effect does this have on your actions, your thoughts, your words, your deeds? What does God want you to do? And finally, who? Who can you include? Who can you impact with the love of Jesus Christ? Pastor, they've excluded me. But I love what Polly Murray said. She said, when my brothers try to draw a circle to exclude me, I shall draw a larger circle to include them. Who can you bring in? Maybe you see their face. Maybe you've got a specific name God gave you. If God's given you some action steps or people that He wants you to impact, would you just take a moment and write it down? Make a note of it, even online. If you guys, pen and paper, maybe your smart device, you want to make a note. Make sure to write it down. I know if I don't write stuff down, I forget. We don't want to forget what God is doing in our lives and what God is speaking to us today. There's an action plan that God's giving you. Write it down. There's a timeline. When are you going to do it? Put some goals because people that dream without goals really are just taking a nap you wake up and you don't do anything about it God wants us to get going on his word he doesn't want this seed to fall by the wayside he wants it to take root Father those things that you've committed to us we commit back to you And God, we dedicate our lives as we sang earlier today. Here we are. Send us to be your agents of reconciliation. God, we put the Jewish man in the middle. We know he can solve the problem and bring people together in himself. We thank you for the cleansing power of Jesus Christ in our lives. May we bring that cleansing, that love, that forgiveness of sin to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.